Greetings, this is Father Michael. Before we begin our show today, a few announcements. First of all, this is the time of year where there can be uh, change and movement in our own Dominican community and ministries. For us here at St. Dominic, we have a couple of folks uh, who are going to be coming into the community. And then we have Father Gustin, a Highlander, who will be uh, moving from St. Dominic's to Salt Lake City, uh, Utah. So Father Gustin being vicar here for the past few years. Uh, We're sad uh, to have him move on, but uh, he's been assigned to our house, which is a Newman Center at the University of Utah at Salt Lake City. And he will be working primarily, or at least extensively, with some of the hospitals in the area as a chaplain. So we're very excited as Father Augustine takes on this new ministry. We thank him for all the ways in which he brought Christ's joy and his light here at St. Dominic's in his particular thoughtful teaching, his wonderful confessional ministry. And he is my go-to person for prior for book recommendations. He is quite quite well-read and has a real love for for all things library and and a lot for books in, in that way so we'll we'll certainly we wish him well as he um goes forth from us happy to announce uh, coming is uh father or will soon to be father uh christopher wetzel at this point uh, he is uh, still a, a deacon but will be ordained uh, to the presbyterate as a, a priest on the 22nd of june along with a, a number of other dominican friars so this will be like myself his first assignment and he'll be joining us uh, after his ordination and uh, a couple of weeks to do first masses so he should be with us uh, towards the end of july on a on a permanent basis so we're delighted to have a father christopher and i'm excited to uh let everyone uh experience him and to get to know him as he comes aboard here at saint Dominic's. We also have a Father Robert Christian, uh, who is now a, a bishop, and he's actually in residence here, so that'll add a little life to the community uh, as well. So uh, a few changes, but but hopefully and uh, most assuredly uh, a wonderful Dominican presence here uh, as we go forward into this uh, new uh, calendar year. We have today an exciting show, Father Gabriel Mosier, who in fact was a novice my first year uh, as a priest when I was here, and he most recently has preached the St. Peregrine, St. Jude Novena for us, so I took the opportunity, the occasion to sit down with him and had a wide-ranging conversation, as is our want when we get together. Certainly the the conversation goes all over the place, but it's just very interesting. We talk about uh, the power of redemptive suffering, which was the theme of uh, the Novena, but then also into distinctions in our own spiritual life between uh, our emotional life and life of virtue, and talk a little bit about that sense of his own ministry in social media and what he's doing in Portland at Holy Rosary, and finally conclude uh, with a little fun uh, on his perspective on the game Minecraft. He's trying to trying to extol the virtues of Minecraft, so uh, a lot of fun. So whether you are on the go or taking it slow, many blessings as you enjoy today's show. Welcome to St. Dominic's Weekly. This is Father Michael. I am joined by a very special guest, Father Gabriel Mosher. Welcome, Father Gabriel. Hey, Father. 
And Father Gabriel was, in terms of his location here in San Francisco, down for the St. Peregrine, St. Jude Novena, which just uh, concluded this uh, previous Saturday. But I thought I'd take the occasion of you being in town, down from the great Pacific Northwest in Portland at Holy Rosary, uh, to have you jump on on the pod. So great to have you. I'm happy to be here, Um, except for there's really a lot of sunlight here compared to Portland. (laughs) I'm very confused. (laughs) Is that why you brought the the three pairs of shades? Yeah, yeah, and I just have to keep putting them on. Uh, (laughs) No, this is glory. Well, this is summer in San Francisco, and I cannot believe that actually as as we're looking out the window here, there is not a cloud in the sky. I I know. I thought thought I'd need to bring like a sweater or something. (laughs) (laughs) No no doubt. Uh, Father Gabriel, I knew first as uh, Brother Gabriel, and even before that, uh, when you were first first entering my very first year Mm -hmm. of ordination in 2007, Mm -hmm. was your first year in the order, right? That's correct. Very good. And you weren't weren't baptized, Gabriel, were you? No, no, no. That's That's my religious name. What was your baptismal name? I'm trying. I don't share that. I, I don't put that out there. <laughs> You're not put putting it out there. there? No. All right. All that's right. What, well, that's what my mama it. calls me. That's oh, okay. <laughs> so that's not for everyone. That's just that's just for Mama Mosher. Mama that's right. Mo- hey, with the provincial city I'm, in the world, you'll be known as this. Uh, or in the order, you'll be known as this. I'm not going to lie to you. At some point during this time, it may come to mind, and I'm going to have a, it's and, I, going to. And, and I'm going to have a decision to make. It's going to be a reveal. <laughs> what you have to do is get enough donations for that reveal. That's, that's right. You, you, you work an angle well, with the Patreon, our newest Patreon. You get a Patreon angle. I'm telling you, in 20 minutes. It's as, as we're talking, it's going to just simmer in the back of my mind, and I'm, I'm going to remember. Oh yeah, that's because right. I do know it. It's just it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not foremost in my in it my is, mind is, right now. But but it'll 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 come to me. It will, <laughs> as, as we can. Men's ray. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So um, just in terms of uh, your own vocation, maybe give uh, since we are in the um, middle here of the our current novices who live here and the novitiate being here making to make vows here in September and go, but just a little bit about your own background and coming to the novitiate yourself. So you're from New Mexico, Albuquerque, right. the land of enchantment, or as we call it, the land of entrapment. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, but, uh, I was there and I was a, a seminarian. Well, before that I was trying to be an officer Marines. And then, uh, I left that sort of, uh, direction, that life, uh, ended up as a seminarian for the Archdiocese of Santa Fe. Did that for about three years. Nice. You were uh, at Texas A&M before. Texas Aggies. A&M is where I, where I started my undergrad. Yeah. And then um, after uh, after doing that for a while, I, uh, I I left being a seminarian for the Archdiocese. I came home. I worked for the Knights of Columbus for a time. And then I entered the order. Nice. And was there a Dominican or uh, point of contact that was inspirational to you? To Two, you know? actually. It's, it's, it's fascinating uh, how things work out. When I was at Holy Apostles, which was a seminary that I was first sent to by, by the Archdiocese of Santa Fe, uh, my spiritual director that was assigned to me there was Father Brian Milady. Oh, nice. Uh, from our province. Sure. And of then, EWT. So he and does EWTN fame. fame. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and then... Uh, so I, I had him there, and then oh, there was another Dominican from the Eastern Province there at the time as well. And uh, there's a current Eastern Dominican, uh, Father Pius Petrick, sure. who was not in the Dominicans yet. He was applying for the Dominicans while I was there and knew him. Interesting. And so watching him go through that process was interesting, and being friends with him. Has, oh. And then we've, all, we, we've stayed friends all those years. But then, um, after two years at Holy Apostles, I was sent to Mount Angel by the Archdiocese of Santa Fe. And uh, I was assigned a spiritual director up there, Father Paul Raftery. Oh, sure. Yeah, the, the current chaplain yeah. down at TAC. Thomas Aquinas yeah. College. Uh, again, our brother mater. from our province. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I became uh, familiar with our parish up there, Holy Rosary, and I started going there on a regular basis. And 
I sang with the choir, this the the professional choir up there, Cantoris and Ecclesia, uh, at a joint um, seminary scola thing with them. Uh, that was organized by one of the Benedictine monks, and that was as a seminary. I was a seminarian at Holy Rosary. Mm-hmm. Really, does yeah, that still a, exist? Oh yeah, yeah. Cantoris is one of the one of the. It's actually a a, a very famous and and very good. Um, uh, Catholic, not, not Catholic, but it is, and they're all members. They're all Catholic, but uh, Scola. Really? Yeah, they still travel. They still do things. In fact, uh, this weekend, as we're speaking, like tomorrow, they'll be at Mount Angel again doing a big old giant concert down there. It'll wow. Be really nice. Yeah. They don't travel as much as they used to internationally. Okay. But uh, they they kind of stay more more uh, local and, yeah and local and these days yeah huh. and a lot of the effort is put into our william bird festival that it it spans the entire month of august pretty much wow so religion and the arts kind of thing coming mm-hmm. together very much so interesting and in terms of then connecting with the the province and univishit since the Navishit day since we last lived i think that's the last time we lived together was that was your first year yeah thankfully i mean yeah. that's, great. I'm just <laughs> that's all we could stand that's a, that's all we, we kind of i don't know if we filled that cup but uh, <laughs> completely there might be a, yeah. a time down the road but that's we right. we definitely gave it a good shot that the, year the, yeah yeah i know we do what we can you know that's you know it would be dangerous you know because because we might actually take over the world i, think. I don't know <laughs> i remember father gabriel asked uh, me to preach at uh, one of his not the first mass, but just a mass that he was doing in that first in that first time of every year at Saint Dominic's uh, at a, at a Dominican rite yeah. mass, which yeah. is beautiful to have. And and so in order to prepare for it, I was looking back on old notes on you know we have as as being part of the the priestly and uh, senior community, we evaluate the novices in, in terms of both um, affirming vocations, but also then giving you know a critique. And my mm-hmm. I just remember my first <laughs> sentence was. Brother Gabriel has a little John the Baptist in him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that was my... Like saying they're eating locusts. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little fire and brimstone. <laughs> in, a, in a good way. Passion, That's right. Passion for preaching. So I remember I started right. I started the homily. A little, Got a little John the Baptist in him. It was fun. <laughs> so. It was great. It was fantastic, I think. So now, and then you've been ordained now for three years. Yeah, almost on the dot. And I always think three years is a good time. Well, I mean, I, even our Lord himself in terms of tradition and public ministry. So yeah. what would, if you had to kind of... It's time to uh, die. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So, but 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 before that, what what kind of into your own public ministry? What 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 sorts of things uh, you've been that you were assigned? Is Holy Rosary in Portland has been your assignment for the for for all these three years? Yes. Yeah. So it's been very good. I I was asked. My understanding of my my assignation up there is I was asked to go and sort of build the adult education program. Mm, nice. And so I've been doing that. It's it's still sort of in process. It's it's a bigger bigger task than it seems. Uh, and uh, so I've been doing that. Re- started by uh, rebuilding and rewriting the RCIA program. Nice. And then started with sort of a basic and now a more advanced uh, Catholic education course where we do special readings. Like we've been delving into all of the books of the last century that, uh, well, the major books of the last century that deal with the uh, nature-grace distinction. Oh. So we've been literally, we've been reading uh, Mystery of the Supernatural by, by Henri de Lubac. De Lubac, and, yeah. Yeah, and... and, and um, we just got done. Well, we have one more chapter left of uh, of uh, Gary Goulagrange's. Um, most recently, they just now translated this book, uh, "The Sense of Mystery," which is unbelievable. Hmm. And he's uh, famous for the Three Ages. The Three Ages, the, yeah. And kind of more like a, he has both several. It's at least two volumes. Yeah, three, yeah. But, but then there's also a, like a summary. I've, I've, yeah, the smaller one is the 
the three ways of the spiritual life. And that's right. You can kind of get all of that condensed. Exactly. It's kind of like the yeah. summary form. And that's, that, his name again is Gergou Lagrange. Yeah. 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 Reginald Marie Gergou Lagrange. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> French. That's French, man. <laughs> but yeah, so, so that. And so the other one is more sort of like a basic. The way I think of them is uh, the first level is what I would call sort of very introductory first level bachelor's sort of on that level of education. Gotcha. This one is far more advanced. And so I'm going to eventually create sort of a middle one, somewhere in the nice. middle. And I just need to find the teachers. That's the that's the, the more difficult part of the whole thing because I can't teach all the classes. Sure. When you got a program going, you, you need to rely on others. What, what do you do? Um, have you gotten to the level yet? Uh, because I know in, for here at St. Dominic's of having some kind of opportunities to form leadership or teachers is is mm-hmm. that part of the process as well it is um in two ways one uh, so i've done that for various things one for a a, a bible study group that uh, that i got going and uh we took matthew one of matthew levering's works and went through that to sort of give a, a way a methodology for looking at sacred scripture then they have taken that off and applied those principles and then folded in lexio divina to create a bible study that's very spiritual but also very uh, Catholic and 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 intellectual, so I'm very very proud of that. The uh, uh, also, but so we can't do everything. Sure, uh, I'm one of the committees that I'm on for the Archdiocese of Portland is uh, for their uh, reconstruction, sort of of their entire certificate program for for catechists. Mm-hmm. And what I would like to do is is eventually once while well, it's we're now rolling it out, we're in our second year now. Um, Use that as a because we built a magnificent program, and use that as a way to teach the teachers. So nice. eventually to to get our people moving in that direction. So there's a lot of avenues, not just in the parish, but also through the diocese now. Outside, and what would you say to uh, two two full things? First of all, to those who perhaps are I don't say anti-intellectual, but say you know what it, our faith is about our heart. It's about kind of the devotional side. As Dominicans, we see a great value in study. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say in terms of what, what fuels kind of Dominican study and and how to perhaps articulate the holiness of study? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first I'd tell those people to find a Franciscan parish. <laughs> no, 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 just kidding. No, no, uh, no. We, we, uh, Is there a Franciscan parish uh, close by? No, nah, no. Are? We're pretty much the only religious left in, in town. Oh, really? In Portland. Yeah, yeah. They've almost okay. all kind of went away. Uh, no, the... Uh, no, I, I think that is an integral part. I, I think sometimes one of the errors that we make as Dominicans is that we get too intellectual mm, yeah. and to no good purpose. Sure. And and devotion, in my mind, is sort of theology prayed. Mm. So there has to be a there has to be a unity between those two. So if you can't take what you've studied yeah. and turn it to prayer, then the study is vain. And that's any sort of study, whether you're doing computer programming, mathematics, theology, philosophy, gardening. I don't it doesn't matter. God is a creator of all things. And so all of these disciplines to some degree they speak about who God is and finding God in and through that. And I think that's the greatest thing that we as Dominicans can teach people is a very practical devotion about seeing God present in all all things that we know. And as we come to know things we know something about God and always keeping directed on that nice. and pushing forward. So there's that, but also just the traditional devotions. I mean, the rosary, the, the, well, like same, these novenas and yeah. various things. I, I, I mean, whatever it is, but wrapping, wrapping people back into that. And certainly 
we know from the from the doctrine of St. Thomas Aquinas that one of the vices that he identifies is a particular aspect of the vice of curiosity, which is seeking after things too high for you to know. Like, mm. you're just not capable of, of going that far. And that's fine. That's okay. Um, it's the amount of knowledge that we have about God in this life is not sort of directly proportionate to the holiness that we've attained. Sure. Uh, it's the love of the knowledge that we do have. Oh, that's an important distinction, isn't it? Yeah. So if we if we're able to what we have and love it intensely, mm-hmm. that's how we grow in holiness. Nice. So it's not like is that if if it were true, just the amount of knowledge is 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 conversant with our holiness. Wikipedia would be the most sacred thing on the internet. <laughs> <right? laughs> For some, it is. <laughs> Mostly right? undergrads who are cheating on their papers. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and and, th- and that's why the professor has the, uh, the the algorithm that can that can 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 sniff out the that's plagiarism. Right. That's right. <laughs> <I gotta laughs> you used to see that in honors classes all the time in yeah. high school, where people yeah. would you could tell that they only read the cliff notes. Oh like yeah, because <laughs> they they're making the same points with the same kind of yeah. language and grammatical structure mm-hmm. as as those kind of you know very bullet point kinds of things it's right. a very or they only they only watch the movie last of the mohicans instead uh, of reading it like <laughs> everything is backwards in the movie compared to the book it's hilarious oh really <laughs> so oh yeah yeah you can kind of get away with that oh my yeah. goodness that's about it. and that's a good distinction to talk about how for dominicans it's not study isn't in a sense just a exercise of intellectualism as much as engaging our minds so that we can see the creator reflected mm-hmm. in the created thing. Yeah. It brings us to that appreciation. There's a line from a Jesuit, uh, uh, Hunters von Balthasar, that I like to use, um, uh, where he really hits something right on the head, that you have to do theology on your knees. Mm. And, and it's the idea that it's not just an intellectual exercise. Yeah, it's a science. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that, that it's, it's not... A science is only as valuable... Uh, to the degree that it gets you to heaven. Yeah, I don't. I don't care if it's physics or mathematics. If they if, if they build a better iPhone, that's fine. That's nice. I appreciate that. It helps me get to places on time. But but I I need to get to heaven on time, and that's that's more important to me in the end. And all the all the knowledge that we use, yeah, uh, has to be has Ordered to be to that. directed that way. That way, yeah, it's got to have an eschatological aspect to it. Nice, very good. Mm-hmm. And and one thing I've been struck as you have uh, been preaching uh, the novena. Uh, is the idea of using even things that we would take away as perhaps negative experiences, such as pain and suffering, as being the lens through which redemption happens. I don't mm-hmm. know if you want to maybe say a little bit about those for those who haven't been able to do the novena, or even in particularly, I know you have your own personal experience with mm-hmm. with infirmity. Uh, say say yeah. something about that. Yeah, so, I mean, I've always been sick my, my whole life, but... Uh, depending on what it just is. Phys- just physically? Physically, or? I've okay. always been, yeah. I've always been physically ill. I've always been weaker physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when I was training to be an officer of Marines, I, it was very, it was a struggle for me, and I, I was very much on the lower tier of the the physically able um, mm-hmm. in that. Uh, and I never knew why, but it turns out I've got a blood disorder that, that sort of really limits my my ability to, um, to, to be as active as, as I would like. Okay. Yeah. It's not, really? it's not, it's not like a, you're not actively. No, no, no. It's, it's just not a cancer. No, no, no. It's, it's called hemochromatosis. Okay. And all it is, is that my, my, my iron load, my body doesn't control the amount of iron that I take in. Mm. It just takes it all in. I get all the iron. And, oh. and as a result, it starts to attack the organs and mm. different things. And so the treatment is really delightfully medieval. It's bloodletting. Like, so I just, really, yeah, I just go in for a therapeutic phlebotomy every so often. And they, they bleed the iron out of me. 
Wow. So yeah, you, yeah. you are the original Iron Man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Can you, you, I you think I'm cooler suit, than though. Tony Stark, but uh, <laughs> that's just me. I mean, my grandmother told me I was cooler than Tony Stark. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> <laughs> you just, now you just need the suit. That's right. That's you, got right. The, you got the iron. You that's just, right. You just need the suit. That's right. Of course, <laughs> I, I, I kind of like having a natural heart. So there you the, go. <laughs> but um, no, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting thing because uh, the principal effects that I experience mm-hmm. are uh, chronic fatigue and, mm-hmm. and joint pain. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always tired, and it's almost like always having the flu symptoms mm-hmm. is kind of what it is. You know, when you wake up all achy with the flu, that's, that's every day. So that's just wow. life. But um, uh, some days it's worse, some days it's better. And the more the more worse it is, I know it's closer for a for another phlebotomy. Flip, okay. Yeah, but uh, but that's you know that's not a you know you can manage it. It's big, not a big deal. There's there's so many worse things. But the but you've been able to kind of spiritualize that, or at least see how that's part of your own the your whole own thing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's part of it. Uh, I think more more intensely is that uh, <laughs> funny story. So I was having I was having uh, I guess it's funny. Maybe it's funny. I was having struggles in the seminary when I was at Mount Angel when I was with the archdiocese. And uh, I, was just, I was really frustrated and angry and just didn't like where I was at and wasn't doing too well. And so the seminary rector, he sent me off for a psychological evaluation. Mm-hmm. And we did a whole sort of vocational review of life with this uh, psychiatrist. And and, uh, and at the end of the story, he goes, you've kind of had a terrible life. <laughs> I, said, I said, yeah, I never thought about it that way, but okay. Yeah. okay. So, <laughs> so, but... The tragedy and suffering is a reality of human life. Yeah. And and there's two choices, right? You can yeah. try and you can try and well, there's more than two choices. You can try and hide from it. Mm. You can try to ignore it. You can try to alleviate it to make it completely go away with a human industry mm. uh, uh, or sedate it. You know, a lot of drugs and alcohol and workaholism and all these other things serve that purpose. Or you can or you can stare the abyss in the face and say. Here I am. Mm. And the nice thing is, is in in and through, one of the things that I found in the faith is that, uh, uh, you know, there, there, that abyss has always, uh, has already been transversed by our Lord. And if you, if you, if you walk with him, you know, he really is the light and the darkness. And, and uh, as you're, you know, walking, staring at the abyss, he's right there with you. And, and he's gone before you and he's by you and he's behind you and, He's your front guard, your rear guard, and he's just hanging out there with you the entire time. And it's an identification with Christ. And without that identification with Christ, um, there's no hope, really, I think. And and the more you – because even if it's not your own suffering, I mean, all you have to do is, like, you know, look at the – pick up a newspaper. Sure, yeah. No, for sure. Right. And, and do you think that your own that, – that sense of how you've had to kind of struggle and – and uh, be open to staring at the abyss and, and working through that. Has it been helpful, particularly in your in your priestly ministry? Certainly. I mean, yeah. because people are suffering. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, you're a confessor. Sure. I mean, it's just, it's it. We have a culture that likes to have a good face on everything. I mm. mean, you, there's always a smile. One of the things that I found particularly troubling about American culture is that 
we say hello by saying, how are you doing? But then we don't want a real response. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you go, how's it going? That's okay. Has anyone ever, and if you, if you, if you would answer that question seriously, people would think you were strange, right? It gets like, awkward real right? quick. I used to do it. I used really? to do it. Oh, you yeah, do? yeah. Oh, I, of course you would. Oh, yeah. Just to break this it is, up. This is a, the John the Baptist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just to break it up. How are you doing? I'm actually terrible. I'm, and I, and I like to tell, I'd like yeah. to tell you about that now. <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm actually, pr- stop and think. I'm actually pretty terrible right now. <laughs> <laughs> what do people do when you do? They just think you're strange. They just kind of go, uh, uh, <laughs> okay. It just gets okay, too yeah, real too yeah, quick, okay, right? Okay, yeah. And even with friends, right? So yeah. it doesn't matter because the it's it's a very strange turn of phrase in our culture. How and I think it, it has a lot to do with this notion that we have psychologized everything to the degree that, that we define things as positive emotions and negative emotions, whereas in the Thomistic tradition, there's just emotions. There are they, they're amoral, right? There's no such thing. Or the Desert Fathers. You know, when the Desert Fathers say that you're, when you experience loneliness, they say, that it's God calling you to a deeper intimacy with him. Mm. That experience, that's what that is. Yeah. And, and so it's supposed to draw you closer to God. And recovering a lot of that patristic knowledge and um, devotion is, uh, I think, very valuable, especially for our time that wants to veneer everything with a veneer of happiness, a veneer of joy, a veneer mm. of of satisfaction yeah so kind of a superficiality of positivism or optimism yeah. can actually arrest or, or thwart the actual experience of the deeper authenticity authenticity real authenticity not yeah. sort of like millennial authenticity but like yeah. authenticity like uh, absolutely sort of engaging life in and in now like right now where i'm at yeah it's interesting you, you say that especially when it comes to uh, confessional kinds of things because sometimes we experience a negative emotion and we'll associate that with moral, you know, sin or, or mm-hmm. kind of a, a fault. I'm angry, know. therefore I'm a sinner. Exactly. I, I got, you know, uh, my my brother or my sister or my wife, you know, did this and I got angry. And, of course, I'm like, yeah, good for you. Yeah, <laughs> that's sounds like, what I do. <laughs> that sounds like something worth getting angry over. Right? <laughs> the more <laughs> I talk to brothers yeah. about the way we hear confessions as Dominicans, yeah. it's yeah. like we're also similar. It's <laughs> yeah, hilarious. For yeah. sure. But no, for every, and, and I like sometimes, it, not necessarily in a confessional setting, but if it, this subject comes up, which, like you say, is, is kind of one of my uh, bright line uh, distinctions mm-hmm. that are so, hel- it's, it's such a, for Dominicans, a natural distinction to make, mm-hmm. but such a powerfully um, wonderful and unlocking and, and freeing distinction and powerful for people in terms of knowing you, neg- you name an emotion that you think is negative, and I can tell you a virtue, a good thing it's associated with. Absolutely. Right? So mm-hmm. so you get, you, everyone's like, anger, right? Well, think about Jesus in the temple or Jesus or the, the, my, my so-called furious mysteries. Yeah, the like. furious <laughs> mysteries of the rosary, man. <laughs> exactly. I, got I my preached on those about uh, six months ago. Did you like, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think, I need, ah, dang, it's one of those things I need to just write my my furious mysteries. Yeah, that's right. I, it's that's going in your file. I know, well, just because I, at this point I should, I, even though I, I'm, I'm, I'm the one who keeps talking about it and not actually writing anything down, I my, my time for copyright is has definitely expired but <laughs> exactly exactly patreon patreon, uh, patreon, <laughs> patreon the, fu- the furious <laughs> mysteries no i i no, anger is uh, articulated in scripture and it's always towards the good it, when it's when it's when it's done either rightly through ordered. the lord or rightly ordered and so certainly and, and in a way that if it wasn't if jesus didn't get angry for example if you if he was just tranquil and calm and and kind of reserved and quote unquote appropriate 
that would have been moral defect. Oh yeah, no. Right? If that if 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 that were our Lord, um, I'd probably be a Muslim. Like I, I yeah. couldn't <laughs> yeah, deal with that. Like yeah. that would just be too much. the The, the thing is, is that I, I <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I said, John the Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like I the the um the the issue here is that our Lord is profoundly human, and yeah. uh, because he he took a human nature from the Blessed Virgin Mary, mm-hmm. and it's something that he shares with us. And when I talk to people about this stuff, I say, "Look, I said your your emotions are your emotions are kind of like sensors, right? They're mm. they're they're kind of out there in the world, and and they're helping you understand what you're experiencing. And the the flaw, what gets messed up, is that when we don't understand what they're telling us. And so I give an example. I said, "Okay, so let's say you're at a gas station, and some guy gets out of his car and starts beating up his girlfriend. Mm. You know, this lady, this lonely, she just starts." If you don't feel angry when you experience that, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, right. Because you're experiencing an injustice. You're witnessing an injustice. Yeah. And that anger inside of you is is sort of the indication that there's an injustice. It needs to end. Yeah. And there's two ways that you can end the the experience of the injustice. Yeah. You can drive away and do nothing, or you can do something about it. Yeah, exactly. Drive away and do nothing. Vicious. Yeah. Do something about it. Virtuous. Yeah. No, I, 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 right. So did that, the idea that emotions are not good or bad. There's mm-hmm. no good emotions. There's no bad emotions. There's just, as you say, emotions. emotions. And I like that the idea that they're just sensors. They, they're, they're receptors which make us uh, and can be used in, in the human context towards virtue, but they have mm-hmm. to be used appropriately and ordered and all the rest. Or even, even get, you know, the, the old time, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, even though, say, someone, kind of classic example of someone who says, oh, Father, I, I'm, I'm, ca- you know, I used to be Catholic, and I'm there, so I've got, I've got all the Catholic guilt, but I'm mm-hmm. not really. Catholic. And so, is guilt, is feelings of guiltiness, are those good or bad? Well, I think we know she associate them with being bad, negative, but feeling guilt, as long once again, it has to be rightly ordered, but it's not necessarily paralyzing. Yeah, right? I say congratulations, you're not a sociopath. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, I mean, it's it's not that we we, we don't really have a choice. Everyone at some point is going to feel guilty, mm-hmm. and that's called being human. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you do with the guilt? Do you just let it fester? Do you let it kind of like paralyze you? Do you just kind of wallow in it, or do you try to make amends? Do you have that healthy uh, fear or re- re- response to maybe how I'm not? You know, my thinking isn't state of the art, and perhaps I, there are changes I need to make in my life. Exactly. Well, see, you know, you got guilt, and you have two choices: you can yeah. do something about it, or you can ignore it. You yeah. can ignore it in different ways. Yep. And and that you cover over the the guilt, so you don't experience it anymore, or you do something about the guilt so that you don't experience it anymore. When you do something about it, we call that conversion. There it is, <laughs> the first stage. That's why the first day, even even um, sometimes uh, programs that talk about the. Um, Gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, the mm-hmm. in, in terms of like confirmation programs, yeah. they, I, I, they, they've 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 taken out the word fear, yeah, like fear of the Lord. Now I know what they're kind of trying to get at. They go, sometimes what's it called now, wonder and awe or something. Uh, like yeah, that. something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. Which is yeah. which is wonder. I mean, this it's certainly a wonder and awe is, is good. It's the beginning yeah. of knowledge and things like that. But fear is not necessarily a bad thing. Certainly, the Lord always tells us to not be afraid. Be not afraid is a response, but that's in terms of the, the fear that would be, in mm-hmm. a sense, turning us away from God. But there's a, a healthy, appropriate fear of perhaps we can do things that would separate us from the love of Christ, and we ought to be at least reticent to, to engage in that kind of behavior, that kind of outlook. Yeah, I mean, I, I one day, 
it was actually not too long ago, but this whole notion of wonder and awe and fear yeah. sort of found a reality uh, within me. Uh, I was looking out at the ocean, and it, it just struck me. The uncanniness of the ocean sort of struck me, and there was a wonder at it because it's vast and amazing and beautiful, and there's that awe all that's coming there, but, but also fear. Like, this thing will kill me if I don't respect it. Like mm. there's, there is so much here. And then I started thinking about what would it be like the, you know, sailors in the old days, you know, they just had, you know, nothing but wood yeah. trying to transverse <laughs> the Pacific ocean. Yeah. Like talk about fear, awe, reverence, like all those yeah. things coming together. Yeah. No wonder, no wonder sailors were so superstitious, right? <laughs> yeah, because sure. There's, there's the fragility a, is right before your eyes. Right? religion right there, man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's, 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 it's fascinating. And, and what you make me call to mind is the fact of holding perhaps even opposite emotions together in tension mm-hmm. when you're talking about the idea of fear, reverence, and respect. It's, someone will say, oh, you know, I'm, there's a sadness in my life, and yet, and yet a hope. Can hope and sadness mm-hmm. kind of thing? And I mean, what I mean by hope isn't necessarily the virtue of hope, but just yeah. optimism. So optimism, sorrow, sadness, a sense of direct emotions can have different, it's like ingredients, right? They, mm-hmm. they can all be in different different aspects of our lives and once again, they can coexist, and it's all about the choose to love. That's yeah, the I am definitely emotional non-binary. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of binary and non-binary and, yeah. and, and, and clicks and clacks, big big social media presence, even before you were ordained. I know you you, you are all over the uh, the interwebs. Yeah, yeah, I always <laughs> what, have what, what You haven't. Yeah, where, is, there, is there a spiritual component to that? Yeah, so when I was at Holy Apostles uh, one summer, uh, that summer— uh, at, uh, at the time, Pope, now Pope St. John Paul II, uh, gave a call. It was on the World, World Day of Communication, and he called for uh, religious priests, seminarians, and whatnot to uh, start doing evangelization online. And that's where the term comes from, the new continent for evangelization. Hmm. So it's a new continent for evangelization. And, and so immediately I said, okay, all right. Holy nice. Father says... I'm, what I'm, year would this been? This is around two, two, 2001. 2001, yeah, so that's it. Yeah. And, and so, I, so I signed on to, uh, at that time, what was a, like a bulletin board sort of thing. And lo and behold, the, the top post that had just gone up at that time was this, this lady who lives up in Seattle area. She said, Padre Pio convinced me. And this was a political bulletin board. It wasn't a Catholic one. Okay. It, it said, Padre Pio convinced me I'm staying Catholic. I was like, wow. Okay. So I sign in and I go into this thing and I say, uh, It's like a chat room or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just a bulletin board, you know, various posts one after the other. Oh, like an internet bulletin board, not like a physical bulletin board. Yeah, like a Facebook wall before there was such a thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and I said, Hi, uh, I'm a Catholic seminarian. Uh, If you have any questions, I'm here. Wow. And, And that started this whole thing. Uh, that's lasted now well, since 2001, and and over the years I've sort of shifted and done different things or or whatnot. Um, I was kind of late to the game on things like Twitter. Okay. Uh, I was early on the game for Facebook. Facebook is is always a challenge for me in different ways. Uh, but but I've always thought of those those spaces as um, Hyde Park. Right there, mm. there's sort of uh, I've always the famous English park in, that's in right. England where 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 you have pr- pure preachers. free speech, yeah. yeah, pure free speech, yeah. The only thing you can't do is speak against the Queen, right? Okay, so the, yeah. <laughs> so the, the uh, it's it's very similar in on so like my Facebook wall. One of the ways I 
made it different than other places is that it was a free place for debate. The only rules that I had was no vulgarity, yep. no typing in all caps, okay. and uh, you have to use a language that I understand. Oh, okay. So those are the three. Those are the three rules, and you can engage in any sort of debate, any political, whatever side you're on. It doesn't matter. You can fight with me. You can you can argue with each other. You can do whatever. But it's complete free for all, and and I believe firmly that you will eventually get to to some sort of truth. Now that was very naive. Okay, <laughs> I was going to say how's that? So that was when you were first starting. Yeah. <laughs> so so <laughs> I. It's, so what happened? <laughs> well, it's still sort of the same way, but, but no. But, yeah, I'm sure you've had it. But you've learned. You what, have, have, what have you learned? Let me ask you this way. I've learned what that, have you learned? that I, I I learned that that uh, applying the invisible hand is oh, not uh, okay. not not the appropriate <laughs> way to deal with that. Okay. So sometimes you have to you have to deal with stuff this way and that way and. And so it's just like Aquinas says, you know, with all of these human endeavors, we'll eventually get there, but with a lot of admixture of error. Sure. You know? so, so, what, so what, in terms of maybe specific kinds of things, you, you kind of start with this idyllic notion of just like, come to my Facebook, argue, debate, mm-hmm. n- kind of no rules ex- except basic kind of hopefully human respect. Yeah, human respect. But, but, but what, 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 what have you had, what have, what have you learned about? Because I, I do hear lots of, I would say horror stories, but just people don't seem, social media doesn't always... Um, at least in terms of perception, uh, engender civil discourse. Yeah, well, part of it is just a general breakdown of manners, I think, in mm. culture as a whole, uh, which which signals, in my mind, the the, the decline of civilization. Uh, but but this adds that next layer of my ability to not have to be. Uh, decorous towards another person uh, and and I'm allowed to be disrespectful which I think is different than rigorous mm. um, and, and you can be rigorous you can fight that's fine but but uh, it's there still always has to be certain principles underlying that the presumption of charity um, uh, and if you're not if you're not doing that then then there's a problem and so that's so that's like, nowadays that's where I'm did you have to kick a lot of people off so not to speak really. oh no 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 I'm early I'm, on oh okay. no 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 I'm pretty good well I did change the way I did my so I reached the 5000 limit of friends quote okay. unquote, uh fairly early on and there's a limit to the friends you can have yeah you can have up to 5000 on a regular oh. page and then okay. I was created a fan page but I decided not to go that direction because at the same time Facebook created this thing of followers and so okay. you can now you can have people follow you that aren't friends, oh, and gotcha. so I've limited friends to people that I actually know in real life. Gotcha. So it's a that's a much more manageable number. So did now. you have to like defriend people? I took three years defending defriending people. Oh my goodness! Because I chose to communicate with every single person that I was going to oh. defriend to explain to them why. Was that a Herculean task? Yeah. I'll bet with five thousand whatever. Took three years. Three years. Yeah. Okay. Three years. I'll defriend. <laughs> what, yeah. what, what would people do when you defriend them? I guess if they don't know you, they're like, oh, "Who cares?" <laughs> no, most people were understanding. Other people okay. were sad. They're like, "Yeah." I, I still remember one person that was heavily offended by it. Oh. I was like, "Yeah, what, you can't please everybody." <laughs> no. When you defriend them, that, does that mean they can't get on your page anymore, or what does that mean? It limits it limits certain aspects of interaction. Okay. But because of that follower ability, now yeah. it's it's not as important. Okay. So like, if you post something on Facebook, do all your followers get a little like mm-hmm. bing, like yeah, like follow Gabriel, like yeah, this is crazy thing. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So, but but what 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 would happen for the for like with a friend? Do you get more more access or something? Is that is, what's the benefit to being a friend versus part of it is more access. Okay. Part of it is the uh, you can they can post on my wall. Uh, okay. They can initiate a post. I I always have to approve it. But okay, but 
they have that ability. Oh, so they can initiate on your page. They can initiate. Really? Yeah. Whereas, oh, wow. whereas followers can't. can't. Oh, okay. Yeah. But they can interact. Nice. Uh, yeah. So it's it, it has to do with privacy settings, and nice. it's, it's all very tweaked, and I'm always tweaking them to get them exactly the way I want them. So can I assume, since I didn't get any uh, correspondence from you, that I'm still a friend? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a friend style. You're, you're my brother, <laughs> which is both more and less than a friend. <laughs> always distinguish. <laughs> Never deny. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I, I do have a Facebook. Page. I can't remember the last time I even went on the Facebook pages. But I, it's people. I just I know if I ever started that, it would be. Well, here, let me just put it to you this way: from myself getting on that, I just know people who talk about it, and it d- definitely just takes a a level of. If you're going to do it right, it takes a level of engagement, and yeah, you know, because of that time that I just feel like I don't. It's just it's it's it's. I would rather interact with our Saint Dominic's Facebook with like the videos I post and different yeah. and and announcement kind of things but having a having a it almost feels like another almost virtual presence mm-hmm. uh, which is certainly great for preaching the gospel but it just feels like I, i've got enough going on in my real presence but what 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 have you found to be some we talked about some of the yeah. maybe downfalls but but perhaps even in your own ministry what what kinds of fruit have you seen from either facebook or you're on instagram too and your twitter yeah mostly so interestingly enough it, on on Twitter, I've actually made friends that are friend friends, like real life friends mm. that have been lasting. I've never actually made friends on Facebook. Okay. It's it's a very interesting dynamic, uh, and and, and it, it's almost counterintuitive in some ways because Twitter is so limited and Facebook is so unlimited. Yeah. But somehow that limited media is more intimate in some ways. Because uh, there's a limit to how many words. It's only so many, 144 characters or something. It used to be, or? yes. used to be. I forget what it is now. It's okay. 256 or something. Okay. But um, in any case, uh, yeah, so different media has different advantages and disadvantages. I find that uh, the the value usually comes when I get a private message from somebody or they they want to talk to me sort of about something more serious, mm. uh, something going on in their life, or they're very grateful for uh, a cleric actually, you know, proclaiming what the church teaches about things. Uh, because I, you know, I guess it's the case. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people really are thirsting for that. Yeah. I mean, well, we were just looking at uh, that that bishop from Sydney. The, oh yeah, the bishop, bishop umber. Yeah, bishop umber. Bishop down umber. <laughs> uh, he had the great sort of meme of. of that that said just that exactly, right yeah. uh, among the the bishops that's right and and so there is there is a, a significant uh, a significant group of the population that want clerics to say things boldly um, now interesting thing is is that what I think most clerics have to deal with though when you get into social media is that you're one voice among many mm. and so. Unlike in your normal parochial ministry, yeah. the people are going to argue with you. Sure. And they're going to call you names. And they're going to do all sorts of things on social media that they would never do in person. Interesting, yeah. And and you have to be it. okay with not being a cleric in that sense. Oh, uh, okay. So knowledge and debate has to win the day. And, and you have to be able to do that and be okay with that. And I find, honestly, I mean, so, many, so much clergy are very thin-skinned and they're not able to do that. And hmm. you'll start to see them, they'll like block people and unfollow it and all these things because they can't take the critique. They're not accustomed to it. Gotcha. They're so used to saying, oh, Father, you're so wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So and you, have, you have to be able to just, I mean, and it just seems like that. So to me, it's so easy to 
say something at a distance, which might be a little rougher than you would say when you're actually <laughs> staring, looking someone in the eye. Not just that. It's one of our brothers is, yeah. was always amazing. He says, he says, it's amazing. You'll say the most benign thing on the face of the planet, and yeah. then all of a sudden, it's like, Nyah! you know, it's oh, like all of a sudden. People jump on it, yeah. They'll, they'll be, yeah, it's, it's like yeah. this feeding frenzy. And it's true. I I, I, I remember recently I, I mentioned something about the, the Charlie Gard case in, in the U.K., and I said, regardless of what you think about X, mm-hmm. Y is 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 a bad thing. And then yeah. it just turned into this gigantic, and it was very uncontroversial. Yeah. It was, but <laughs> it became controversial. Gotcha. That's just the nature of the beast, and and that there's so many reasons for that. It's exhausting. I is I it? dislike okay. it. I actually oh. dislike uh, social media. No, and, oh, I do. I actually do. The only reason why I do it is because we have three pontiffs that have asked us to. Really? Because mm-hmm. it seems like you, I mean, you, your level of posting and interaction seems to indicate that you just, you enjoy it, but you don't. Mm-mm. Not really. Not really? Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's come on, you gotta, it's like, a job. It's a job. Okay. It's part of the, it's, I think it's part of the job. It's, it's uh, preaching in the public square. It's, it's never delightful. It doesn't feel good. To go out into the marketplace, or to go on the Berkeley campus, or to go somewhere in the middle of the street, Times Square, or something, and start proclaiming whatever it is, what aspect of the gospel? Because what's going to happen? Some people yeah. are going to appreciate it. Other people are going to say, "Yeah, we've heard enough of this. Go home," sort of thing. And it's the same thing. Oh, I get it. So I get it. So, but you're not saying. I mean, you still get, there's still the satisfaction of doing vocational way to living yeah. your vocation through yeah, yeah, it. it's yeah, just it's not an e- it's not <laughs> it's not it, it's not necessarily an easy it's not yeah. easy that's so right what you that's what you mean by i guess like in it. that sense yeah it's uh, it's not easy but it's i can yeah at least once a week yeah. i sit there and i think to myself okay this what? i'm gonna delete my account I, like, oh, everything okay. <laughs> every and and some people would be happy with that but i i just <laughs> i i just i i i just say no no it's uh, worthwhile. Yeah, Pope Jean, uh, Pope Saint John Paul II, Pope Benedict, and Pope Francis have all said this is where we need to be, and so okay. Sure. Right. No. Do you have to? Um, certainly, what you would say, what we would, you know, talk about, perhaps, you, you know, just in an easy personal conversation, is not something you necessarily say at the pulpit. In terms of what it is, do you have to find yourself um, reminding yourself when you're doing social media that you really are at a pulpit versus? you know, chopping it up with the boys in the recreation room. Yeah, each thing has its own medium, and that's that's been – that's always – actually, I think to some degree, that is still something that's being discovered mm. through the different modes of social media. Sure. What, what – A, you have to discover your voice first. That's the, that's the most important thing first. You have to discover your own voice through that medium. The second thing is how do you use that voice in an ethical way? And and just like with anything else, we're going to fall over on on excess and defect, you know, as we walk that path. And there there are not sort of set etiquette rules yet. Hmm. Right. So there are kind of set etiquette rules about you know, how you are supposed to behave in the pulpit, how sure. you're supposed to behave in certain settings. Yeah. But it's very much the wild, wild west out there on the on the interwebs. And really? uh, and so the the etiquette rules are unclear and what's what the expectations are unclear the lines of agency are unclear. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of lack of clarity there. Because once you post something, I mean, anyone mostly, it's it's open to anyone. You, yeah. you have no, you're not in control. Once once you put it out there, I mean, this podcast, right? Once we mm-hmm. once once I post it on the it's on there, the iTunes, there. it's it's there, and you're going to be even forever. If, exactly. Even if even if we quote unquote took it down, I'm sure there would be ways to archive.org. Yep, archive it and yeah. and, and, and so so what we're saying now is it's I mean everything's like that. So in a sense, it's it's a needle in the proverbial ocean a haystack 
but true. at the same time knowing that it's not you can say very personal things very things that seem might be directed towards a particular audience mm-hmm. but might like you said be misinterpreted by others or, or not be for them and take offense mm-hmm. how do you when you sit down or you're on your phone or whatever and you're tweeting what what how to put it What's your mindset on who I'm? Do you feel, does it feel like? Do you want to put yourself like I'm? I got to be not careful, but I got to say this mindful of its of where it could land. Or do you say I'm just gonna go? I'm just gonna I'm gonna just like we're 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 chit chatting in the recreation room. It's I have an intent person in mind and kind of not have kind of a blind eye or just kind of not not worry about how it might be taken. Well, I don't I don't worry about how it would be taken. Okay. Uh, because because that's not something you can control. That's true. Uh, but uh, what the the sort of the basic rules that I, I sort of have for myself is uh, or are rather um, no vulgarity, right? There's yep. no, and I just don't use that anyway in my own normal. I just try and be me. Like I, I try not to have me here, me there, me here, me there. Um, I'm not a product. I'm a person, and. The only place where where there's a certain different voice, I would say, is on, at the pulpit. And the reason why is that once once you have stepped up into that space, yeah. you are you are so clearly and and um, an agent of the church, an yeah, exactly. agent of Christ, exactly in a very special way, in a solemn way. And there's yeah. a solemnity and a dignity that goes with that with what's going on there. Sure. Um, outside of that, it's it it's more. It's more more personal, yeah. Uh, and so, so I try. What I try to be is is just transparent, just wherever I am, and transparent. And I try to be as virtuous as I can at any given moment. And sometimes I fail. Sure, you know. And sometimes I don't. So, so yeah. Is there is there our? I don't even. I don't. I'm not even aware of this. For us as Dominicans, whenever we speak, we speak as Dominicans. We're mm-hmm. representatives of of the province. So is there is there? Maybe. A, a, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I'd, I'd hope, right? Well, I mean. We might we might say things that we'd have to distinguish personally. It's like it's like mm-hmm. um, uh, Cardinal Ratzinger when he became Pope. He had to be and he wanted to write theology. Yeah, right. So yeah, that you was can't always do that as a Pope, right? So yeah. when he writes something theological and says, "I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the Pope, but don't treat this as magisterial and a Pope mm-hmm. kind of thing." Is it the same kind of thing when you're writing? Where it's like, "Here's my personal opinion on politics." You have on to say that. Says, yeah, and, uh, yeah. W- whatever it is. There's there's a turn of phrase I think that you see most clerics use, which mm-hmm. is, I think or the church says. Okay. So when you and to be able to distinguish those two, sometimes yeah. that's not always heard. Okay. But but if you if you personalize something when yeah. you say I say I think. Yeah. Um, there's a different thing happening than the church says X. Mm-hmm. In one in one in that sort of speech act, the church, the church says X Y or Z. Then you are then you are functioning under sort of that aspect of the of of the the participation in the magisterium that we have. Mm-hmm. The um, when I say I, then I'm actually governed under a different set of canons, actually. But uh, but that's that's just to not cause scandal. And there's a whole set of canons that clerics sure. are not supposed to cause scandal. And sure. Blah, blah, blah. But um, but so those those are those those are those, and yes. they're they're two different sort of. Um, lines of agency that the church actually foresees as being something existing amongst the minor clergy, and and so that you can have there's one type of language that has greater agency, another type of language that has a less greater agency. 
So you just have to. That was perhaps a little more technical than I was looking for. But basically, don't don't say anything you wouldn't say in front of mom. Is that what I'm getting? Or the provincial? Or the provincial? Was <laughs> 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 that just what would Jesus say kind of thing? <laughs> yeah, actually, no. I mean, there there literally are canons that govern are there all really? this stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they have to be pretty recent canons, no? Eighty-three. Uh, yeah. So the code the code uh, foresees. Uh, certain types of, well, not really, because like I said, the, the difference between social media and preaching in the marketplace is, is a matter of... of, of so give me an example of something you, you can't, I mean, not magisterial, that, that mm-hmm. would be a, a, a limitation just because you are a priest, or as you say, clearly. Yeah, so, so uh, a good example is you, you couldn't, you're not supposed to foment uh, civil uh, unrest, I don't like to foam it in general. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, like for instance, I brush my this, teeth, yeah. you know, <laughs> or, or or say things that that um, objectively scandalize. Okay, uh, as opposed to like active scandal, as opposed to passive scandal. Yeah, uh, these sorts of things um, are are actually they're they're uh, delineated in the code. It's actually very interesting, and depending on on the interpretation, whether you're a rigorist or a laxist, it goes uh, different sh- ways. Yeah, sure. So the, those yeah. are some bright line things, but but I mean, how comfortable are you? Like I'm like. Just, I mean, this usually hits the road before elections. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, I don't think it's scandalous to say that when it comes to political leanings, Dominicans are, you know, represent probably the swath of just society in general. Oh, yeah, right? we're all yeah. over the map. Yeah. All over the map. So, so your, you know, Father Joe says, I'm voting for X or Y candidate. And mm-hmm. Father Jay says, no, I'm voting for this, this other candidate. And you get on a public discussion board Fight me. talking about... You know, a candidate. You know, mm-hmm. X and candidate Y. How help have you? Is is that helpful? Is that hurtful? Is it something we should be doing? Is it? Is it? Mm-hmm. Well, what what what's what's the, what's the landscape out there looking like? I it's think just, it's, it's actually just, helpful. You think it's helpful? I think it is. I think that I. For two in what regards? Because yeah. I my my first instinct is not really because it just it looks like two priests who both have at least. Um, their vocation to, you know, bringing the truth of the gospel. Here they're talking about personal opinion. They could just, they want to have the discussion. They could pick up the phone. Is What benefit is to them kind of slugging this out on a, on a public forum, so to speak? And they're doing yeah. respect. And this is, this is. Presuming. A, presuming. Yeah. Presuming charity, charity stuff, yeah. and respect. Yeah. Of, co- of course. Yeah. Is there, is, well, what, what's the virtue there to, to two priests or two Dominicans yeah. having differences of opinion on, yeah, a, yeah. on a public social space? I, th- I think, first of all, again, presuming charity, that it helps people themselves uh, figure out how to think through the problems. Okay. So, so if if to kind of, as as a model to kind as of a model, yeah, okay. as a model, and actually sometimes in most cases, well, not most cases, but a lot of cases, also as a counter model when it's not done well. Oh, sure. So I, I think it's actually I think it's actually better rather than not better, and and corrections can be made when corrections need to be made, mm-hmm. but but to overcorrect and say that the whole thing is a bad idea, I think is is just as I said, an overcorrection. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting, I think, is that in the United States, we have a disposition that clergy have no business talking about political matters, partisan politics, but that's a very unique American thing. It's also just very strange to me. Uh, it's very, very, um, post French revolution sort of ideals. I mean, our brother, La Cordaire, Mm -hmm. wherever, wherever he was assigned, he always served in in a political role, he always was on the the, the town, the city council, or hmm. elected official. He was always an elected official, and that was common for the church: is that we were integrated fully into society, 
Um, but in the United States, because of historical reasons and also the heresy of Americanism, that uh, that uh, we we sort of separate ourselves uh, as clerics from the civil discourse. Separation of church and state, just yeah, that sort of mentality, yeah, mentality, yeah. yeah. And and that that can go to the extreme of like Americanism, which is which yeah, what is, is the, the this kind of yeah. the heresy of Americanism? Yeah, yeah. So it's is that it's, a phrase someone's coined, or is that a, uh, a Gabriel? Yeah, original? no, no, no. That's that's uh, the the encyclical on Americanism was okay. was was. Uh, Leo the, Leo the Thirteenth or Pius the Ninth—I can't remember right okay. now off the top of my head—but yeah. anyway, it's the kind of the idea is is that the church does not have a voice in public discourse, and it was the it was only in the the code the recent code John Paul II included the restriction on clerics not holding public office, hmm. and that was done there again historic reasons has a lot to do with South America, um, but. Uh, uh, before that, it was it was normal and common for for clerics to be in every hall of authority and power, and and having that discourse, having that fight, having that thing, and and it brought in the church's mind to that, and even places where the church is not of one mind, mm. right? And that's also something that's important for people to understand that there's a lot of places where the church, on these practical matters, on certain. Ethical matters, the church is not of one mind, and there are open places for debate and discussion, and those are only going to be worked out when we have the discussion. Yeah. And that's why I think there's a value to it. Nice. Yeah, I think of the old uh, adage about in in necessary things, right? There should be unanimity mm-hmm. in things which are, you know, changeable or open. There can be legitimate diversity, mm-hmm. but in all things, charity. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and there's a, a further step, I think, also, um, and this is also interpreted different ways, is that, uh, what is it? It's in uh, uh, the letter to Timothy or Titus. It's one or the other. Uh, it says, say only the good things men need to hear. Mm. And so the question you have to ask yourself is, what are the good things? Mm-hmm. And what are the good things that, that men need to hear? And sometimes sometimes what they need to hear is something that challenges. It's yeah. like Fulton Sheen used to say, we're given the gospel to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. There you go. And sometimes the affliction is what is the good thing that people need to hear. Hmm. Yeah, so that I think in terms of, I mean, as you say, it's a little bit still uh, of in terms of how we discourse and preaching the Wild West a little bit, but it's a little like the but, Wild but, West. but 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 no, I'm 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 glad you're there, and I'm, I, yeah. I, uh, I you uh, you definitely t- take on uh, a preaching which not all of us are either able to do or really find um, fruitful in, in yeah, that yeah. way. So so yeah. it's, it's it's good you're there. What, what is your do you have a do you have a Twitter handle or a, a, a way to get yeah. get connected to the Father Gabriel loop of social media. <laughs> yeah, my handle on on all the things is uh, uh, L, uh, as in Luke. <laughs> it's L U K E I. Okay. Four six five five, and that's Twitter, Facebook, everything. L U K E I four six five five. L U K E I. Luke I. Yeah, so it's Luke one I Roman numeral one. Oh, okay. Uh, Luke I four six five five, and that's four six four six five five. Okay. Yeah, so it's Luke one forty six through fifty five. Oh, oh, so it's a scriptural reference. Yeah, it's the Magnificat. Oh, Magnificat. Is there some reason why you chose? Is there something? Obviously, the Magnificat is, is Gabriel, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I chose that way before way before I was a religious. Uh, the Magnificat, to me, sums up the experience of the soul's joy at the hearing of the gospel. So, mm. so that's 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 always been sort of my interesting. So my you heart see, is. so you see the Magnificat as, if you will, Mary's reflection of Gabriel's words to her. 
of well, not just the words, but the effect of the words. Oh, the, the incarnation. Interesting. So yeah. the, kind of the the uh, magnification mm -hmm. of the effects of Gabriel's words. That's actually why I took the name Gabriel is because it's a uh, it, Gabriel is the first preacher of the incarnation. Mm. That's there's a lot to be said for that, even yeah. though uh, September 29th is the feast of. St. Michael and Companions. I have no idea what you're know. talking about. <laughs> I, 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 I have no I, idea. <laughs> I, don't know how, I don't know how Raphael and Gabriel try to worm their way into the greatest of all archangels as, as St. Gregory the Great <laughs> clearly says, when anything, well, when any special powers needed, Michael is, is summoned. And yeah. I don't know, man. The, digni the dignity of the angel is based upon the dignity of his mission, and I don't know any mission greater than the incarnation. Anyway. <laughs> well, all the incarnations are the service of heaven and hell, and we know <laughs> we know where how Michael Michael adjudicates that that realm. Yeah, he just he just he just fights the dirt bags. That's what he does. <laughs> needful, That's needful right. in every way. That's right. That's <laughs> Very right. Very good. No, so <laughs> Saint Michael and Companions. So here we are. Yeah, the two thirds of the uh, the uh, the archangel triumphant. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, could you imagine if we if we got Father Raphael here? Together oh my on this? goodness! It'd be the end of things. It, it would be fantastic. It would be. It, it is occurring to me now that as 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 we're saying this that. We had three very um, distinctive and, and not shy personalities in each one of the archangels reflected. That's true. Because if Father, if Father Raphael would hear, he'd probably be, you know, his mode of operandi is, 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 to, uh, is to critique everything. To poke and prod. Poke and prod, yeah. yeah. If he, you're, stirs, if you're, if, he if stirs you're, up those waters of Siloam. Exactly. I was going to say, if you're John the Baptist, he's that angel that stirs the water. He is the, he is the monster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll have to do that at some point. We should have an Archangel that would be great. podcast. When he's, of course, That's he's, right. he's, uh, he's uh, doing doctoral uh, work. Mm -hmm. And so maybe, maybe who knows if he's ever in any of the assemblies coming up. Maybe... Maybe we can get a three, <laughs> we can get a, an archangel. We'd need like three hours for that. <laughs> yeah, we would. <laughs> that, would <laughs> that would be exactly. <laughs> so we're getting. So perhaps uh, speaking of time, perhaps we, we've uh, come to the end of our our time here. Is there any maybe as a last kind of fun thing we were talking uh, before we we hit record on um, Minecraft? I've yeah. got <laughs> I've got no idea. What's, I've I've heard it's very popular. So it's, I I don't really get it. Yeah. But you 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 have actually a pastoral story. Around, and then maybe we should just say, could you just briefly just say what it is for people like me who are, it's a, it's a video game yeah. that you got a little guy that's like mining on a computer yeah. screen you or something? You break blocks and you place blocks, yeah, okay. to, in order to make pretty things. Um, and then more why, than that. And then, and then it's also very, it's not just a, a video game, it's like very, po it's like hugely that's popular. Huge. It's is huge. It? Okay. Yeah, it's one of the most popular games out there. Um, I was purchased a copy by a parishioner, actually, and so uh, I had never played or whatnot, and I had no intention of playing. Yeah. But he bought me this copy, and then we were snowed in in portland one okay time. and so we had nothing to do we closed cabin fever down. yeah cabin okay. fever I was like yeah. i gotta do something yeah and so i i cranked up the thing and i fell in love with it and really? and uh yeah for particularly for its its technical aspects so i'm actually part of two servers i'm part of a creative server that uh is run by a guy by the name of lumen Fidei. that's his handle and and that's that does the that does the um that does the uh uh, so, so it's like Catholic buildings and different things, we churches and whatnot. The uh, 
the other one is a Patreon server for uh, for Ilmango, which is a technical technical uh, Minecraft server. And so so I'm hanging on there doing all these. Just things. to interrupt, you, are we speaking yeah. English at this point, or are we? No, we, mostly we, German. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we, we into, I thought one of your rules on Facebook, yeah. you must speak the same language. Yeah, pretty much. So basically, you got a little you got a little avatar nerd. guy that like what is it? No, I'm just a nerd. Oh, okay, <laughs> well, that's a, that goes without saying. But no, the the you get a little avatar guy that like breaks blocks and like blocks a virtual, and you build things yeah. and you build things. Yeah, and it can be What's either creative. What, what's addictive about this thing? I, I, I don't quite get it. Like, is there a, is there a goal? Do you win? When do you no win? No goal, no win, no win. You, no uh, victory? No, no victory. Well, I mean, if you beat the Ender Dragon, you can kind of have somewhat of a victory. But, have but, you uh, beat the Ender Dragon? Yeah, yeah, multiple okay. times. But okay. the, 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 uh, so I can get more of the portals. But the uh, <laughs> it come when you beat it. Anyway, okay. so long story. But yeah. so, so the thing is, is that uh, I, almost every kid yeah. plays Minecraft. Like, okay. So when so I need to be at least I need to be Minecraft familiar. fluent. You have somehow. to be you have to be mindful of Minecraft. I, okay, right? okay. So give me give me this. This yeah. is a pastoral story. Yeah. Around so Minecraft. we 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 always uh, before the first confessions. Yeah. We open up the confessionals mm-hmm. and show the kids so that they're not afraid of of it. Right. Yeah. And and you, and you have just like here at St. Dominic's the uh, the uh, behind the screen. Yeah, behind the screen. Of, there's a door yep. and there's there's a kneeler and the kneeler it it drops and it and then it turns on a light up there to let you know that someone's in there. Very good, yeah. Well, in Minecraft there's a thing called a pressure plate and there's this whole system called redstone which helps you create circuits. And and so so this pressure plate turns on this light and oh. you can do something similar in Minecraft using these redstone circuits. Okay. And so I'm here with all the all the kids. Yeah. And I'm like who here plays Minecraft? And like okay. all of them go, oh me, me. right? Oh, yeah. So they're all oh, excited. Gosh, yeah. And I said so, so we have our own pressure plate here, and they're like, "What? what? Really?" And I said, uh. "Watch!" And I turned on the the thing for the for the light. Yeah, yeah. And I pushed down on the on kneeler. the kneeler. Yeah. And the light turns on. And they're like, "Oh my God! It's like a redstone <laughs> lamp!" And they're all excited <laughs> and and whatnot. And so they had to do it right multiple times. Oh man. And uh, and it was great. So now, so now I'm I'm known as the the priest who plays Minecraft. And the Minecraft priest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now they want it. Now they're they're at least not daunted by. Going and, and no hit, fear, hit no fear, and when they go and hit the pressure plate, yeah, they hit pressure the, point, the or? pressure plate, yeah, they would, our, our so you hit you hit the pressure plate, and then you get like some cool stones. Is that the idea? Is no, no. Like, so what happens is, is uh, I'm not really Yeah, no, I, know, I knew you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were trolling me. <laughs> not really interested. <laughs> I had to get that in. <laughs> anyway, well, I, I yeah. hope this is this this free for all potpourri with Father Gabriel has been has been enjoyed as much fun to listen to as it has been to record in May. And may all you do this week truly radiate the joy of the gospel here in the heart of the city. Amen? Amen.